Hello, I'm Lauren Foster. Welcome to the Take 15 podcast series, where we bring you short conversations with best-selling authors, leading researchers, and successful practitioners. Today on the show, Heather Packett sits down with Julie Castro-Abrams, chair and CEO of How Women Lead, to talk about how to prepare to join a corporate board and progress made on moving the needle on diversity initiatives. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Career Conversations. I'm Heather Packard, CPD Director of Business and Soft Skills, and I'm joined today by Julie Castro-Abrams. Julie is Chair and CEO of How Women Lead, a network of over 10,000 women dedicated to promoting diverse women's voices and propelling women's leadership forward. Julie, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So what are the most sought after skills and experience sets that can help someone become board ready? You know what's exciting is we're in a very dynamic time. Companies in the past were largely saying we need someone who's been a CEO and sometimes that meant you know someone who was a retired CEO because when you're running something it's very hard to have the time and capacity. So Often it was the 70-year-old man, right? <laughs> uh, now we realize we need people who understand cybersecurity. If you're 70, you weren't necessarily in the midst of cybersecurity needs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a requirement by asset management firms. Mm -hmm. We also have um, the asset management firms are big drivers. They buy up half the stock when you go up, when you IPO. So public companies are required to have someone who understands how to evaluate culture, understands how to evaluate the public sentiment so you don't have another Google walkout on your hands. Mm -hmm. um, these are all things that put companies at risk. And and so what we're trying to do through diversity of board leadership, including CMOs, for example, that's mm -hmm. a chief marketing officer. So it's a new role that we're seeing even more of in the boardroom. Same with uh, CHROs, sorry mm -hmm. about all the acronyms <laughs> here, but uh, chief human resource officers. Um, these are people who have their pulse on things that are critical to the safety of a company's performance, mm -hmm. uh, especially over the long run. You might've seen that there is this big announcement by the business roundtable saying that, you know, we now um, care about stakeholder value, not just shareholder value. Um, I learned that in business school in 1990, but um, apparently it has now come back into vogue. Um, so people who can actually look at the whole picture of the company and the long-term forecast, and as opposed to short-term gain, mm -hmm. is another thing that we're looking at. Um, and always, you always need audit committee members. Um, so if you have a finance background, if you had some, if CPA at some point and you moved into finance, you're really a hot commodity. Great. So what, uh, on the flip side, what skills and or experience sets do you think are most often underlooked or underestimated or perhaps undervalued? So what I think is super important for you to understand mm -hmm. is public company boards, the ones I was kind of mentioning before mm -hmm. that have certain requirements, both legislative now, we drove mm -hmm. this legislation in California that's mm -hmm. now being replicated across the country, uh, but also the asset management firms. Those are very small numbers of board seats. Let's say 600 new board seats in the next year uh, are going to become available. Uh, private company board seats are thousands and thousands of those board seats. So what we're seeing is, uh, in addition to the public company boards, you know, having these new requirements around human resources, mm. culture, and marketing, mm -hmm. uh, we're also seeing private company boards that are understanding how important it is uh, for uh, the investments of the venture capitalists that they mm -hmm. have diversity uh, on those boards, and it could be anything from somebody who knows how to, um, you know, uh, digitalize uh, their, their, you know, communications and marketing efforts uh, to somebody who has tremendous uh, access to people. If you have a big, big network and you can say, yeah, I can find you uh, your next general counsel. I can help you find like, you know, 
team members as well as uh, board directors and investors. Mm -hmm. So those are things that uh, a lot of women are very good at having big networks and that's something you can actively pursue and start to build out. Fantastic. So what is life on a corporate board really like day to day and what kind of considerations should someone make before they accept an offer? Okay, so if you are interested in going on a board, I would say a nonprofit or a corporate board, one of the biggest things that you need to really understand is you are not an operator. <laughs> You're not gonna do the work. That was very hard for me, the first couple boards I was on, where I really tried to get to a point to understand how do I create um, strategic value by asking the right questions, mm -hmm. by being an advocate in the right moments, but then also being somebody who knows how to push at other moments. Um, and uh, so it's a temperament thing. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes that comes with your own uh, work experience and breadth of work experience. When you run something, like I have a couple times, you don't really need to run anything else. <laughs> I'm super happy to just help somebody else be successful and I know what I'm looking for uh, in my own board members. So uh, I think it's really important for people to, to really get to a point where they understand both how to market themselves as a strategic governor and mm. uh, you know, thought partner and advocate for the leader, uh, as opposed to somebody who can tell you and, and will get in the, too much in the weeds uh, and can tell you how to operate. That's not really terribly helpful. Having had that experience is important, but being able to be a strategic advisor and governor is more important. So when you're on the board itself, it's all about patience. And these public company boards are really much more um, slow moving generally than a private company board. Mm -hmm. If you have a startup board, it's fun and it's dynamic and they call you all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, But when you get into a public co company environment, it's a much more, you're definitely governors uh, and you're definitely have to be in it for the long haul. You can't be a hothead and you absolutely cannot quit that board without huge ramifications, mm -hmm. both for yourself as well as for the company. You don't ever wanna be the person who uh, gets in the news for uh, creating a fire alarm that that company's not doing well because their board director left. And is it, um, in your experience, and your experience of working with others, um, is there still challenges getting a seat at the table once you're actually there? Are you talking about being heard? Mm -hmm. Okay, so <laughs> this is the interesting thing. You're talking about women, right? Okay, yes. so <laughs> when women are the first person in the room, it is very challenging to be heard. Uh, when you get to three people in the room, that's when it, the scales are tipped. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think what's super important, if you know you're gonna be on this board and you're gonna have to be on there for quite a while, you need to know that the chair is going to create an environment where you can be heard. Mm -hmm. And I would say interview the chair and interview the other board members just as much as they're interviewing you before you mm -hmm. even go into that room. Um, and that you uh, create relationships with people outside of that room so you will be heard. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and you enlist others' support, frankly. Uh, depends on the maturity of the board and the size, but to say, hey, listen, if I'm gonna be in this room and spend my time here, I need to know that I'm playing uh, playing in the right uh, way, but also that I'm being heard. And so I want you as I'm a new, let's say I'm a new board member, you ask someone to, to support you in both being elevating your voice, being heard, but also um, pulling you aside and saying, hey, this is how you can step up or step back. Great. So what progress do you think has been made and what are the biggest opportunities to continue to move the needle? The progress is huge. Um, <laughs> asset management firms two years ago, August, mm -hmm. uh, just last month, uh, wrote letters to their companies and said you need to have at least two women on your board. Mm -hmm. And a year ago they put their money where their mouth is and they actually 
voted against nominations and governance chairs when they were not meeting those numbers. So this was public company boards. Of course, we also have uh, the California Senate bill that came out that is replicated now in five states and you know having a, a ripple effect outside of the United States as well. Um, those uh, actions have resulted in a huge sea change. Uh, two years ago, 17% of Russell 3000 companies, um, uh, company directors, the new directors were women. Now it's 46% in the first six months of this year. I can't wait to see what the numbers are as the year progresses. Um, we also know that in the S&P, 100% of those companies have at least one woman director. This is monumental. This is something that we haven't seen. In almost all the indices, the average is 20% women mm. on those boards. So um, we're not at 50% yet. That's where we need to be. Um, there are a couple other nuances. The larger, more established companies are doing better. They're over 30% in many cases. Um, the younger, newer companies um, are struggling, and some of them are actually taking the hit of uh, either the $100,000 fine that they have to pay or whatever, uh, as opposed to bringing on a woman director. Um, and that's not good for any of us. If we're, if you have gone public, that means I can put my retirement money into your stock. Um, and if you don't have a diverse board, you are not protected uh, in the same way that uh, the companies that have diverse boards are. And so uh, throwing a woman on uh, at the last minute when someone IPOs, uh, it meets the legislative requirements, but it's not does not mean that that company had a good, uh, good protections of good governance uh, for the years before the company went public. So uh, I think it's the big opportunity for us is to push down market. Go to the venture capitalists and private equity firms, make sure that people like at the CFA understand the importance and the and the risk to all of our investments if we're not um, thinking about this well ahead of time. Uh, and frankly, if you really wanna go think about the clear protection for the company, company culture set in the first 30 people. Mm. Think about that. Mm. If this is that bad bro culture like Uber that ended up, you know, creating a huge problem in that company when they uh, found this bad behaving uh, CEO couldn't be tolerated mm -hmm. anymore. Uh, think about the, what it took. Those investors took such a huge hit and it's taking years for them to right size mm -hmm. them. And now Uber is synonymous with a lot of negative things because of that bad behavior. And so you just don't want to risk your company, even in, before you IPO, mm -hmm. having that kind of um, uh, environment. You need to get ahead of it. And what we, I want all of these investors to know is this is a, one of the most important ways to protect your investments is getting diversity of thought. Um, I'll remind you, the CEO of Cisco was on the board of Chevron and the CEO of Chevron was on the board of Cisco. Now, if I'm on your board and you're on my board, do you think I'm gonna challenge you terribly in that board meeting about <laughs> stuff that I think you need to be doing better? No, we're gonna kind of have a gentlewoman's agreement about how we behave, right? Mm. So those are the kinds of things that people should be watching out for when they're thinking about safe governance. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If, if this is gonna be a group dynamic and group think, that's how you get Enron and all these other problems we've had. And you brought this up, but um, diversity of thought, which is a, a critical diversity factor, um, is beginning to supplant some of the more traditional demographic definitions of diversity in board recruitment efforts. What advice can you offer to ensure that board recruitment most effectively balances skill sets, experience, measures of diversity, and a deep talent pool? You know, I think one of the things we can do is just think, who is your target client, your target market, and what is their demographic? 
if you don't have a single Latina on your Latino Latina on mm-hmm. your board, but they're 50% of the, the your client population, let's say more and more Latinos in the United States are the majority of the the com- country, uh, certainly in like California and I think four other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you aren't um, getting that voice, you can have a miss in your marketing messages or other structural things that you're creating. Now you may not see a huge public uh, crash or crisis, uh, but you are. There is no way that you are hitting the nail on the head at all of the potential growth for your company if you don't have your customers represented in some way on that board. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would just say, first and foremost, look at who your demographic is, who's your target market, Mm -hmm. uh, and start with that. Get them on your board. Excellent. Well, Julie, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And thank you for watching. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and it helps others find the show. Also, a quick reminder, this podcast isn't intended to provide expert advice on the topics we covered. If you need tax, accounting, or legal advice, please consult a professional. I'm Lauren Foster. Thanks so much for listening.